The Apostle Peter was an impulsive fisherman when Jesus selected him to be one of his disciples. Peter, even after he became one of the 12 disciples, didn't always think before he acted or spoke. Peter was taught and mentored by Jesus for three years after he said, follow me. What leadership skills and personal qualities did Peter possess that led Jesus to select him? What were some of the impulsive things Peter did? What did Peter learn as he became one of the church leaders? Join us today as I present a Bible study entitled Fisherman to Church Leader, the Apostle Peter Transformed by Christ. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for the Family Shield program. I'm in the studio by myself today, and I have just been fascinated recently with uh, the stories about Peter in the Bible. And so I decided just to put one together, just a few of the verses to see how Peter was transformed through Jesus Christ. I, I don't really know why Jesus decided to select Peter as one of his disciples, but he did. And uh, so what I did in this Bible study is I looked at mostly the Gospels, the earlier books of the Bible that often have a little bit more information in each one. And um, so the story begins with the Apostle Peter as his brother Andrew tells him that they had found the Messiah. One of the two who heard John the Baptist speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Peter and said to him, We have found the Messiah. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which translated means Peter. So sometimes in the Bible you will hear Peter referred to as Cephas. And walking by the Sea of Galilee, this is another verse in the Bible from Matthew, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. So in that gospel, we learn a little bit more. We learn that Peter and his brother Andrew were fishermen. And in Mark, it says, And he appointed twelve, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach. So uh, just a, a few of the stories about the beginning of when Jesus called Peter. In Luke 5, we hear a little longer story that gives us a little more information and insight about Peter. Let me read it. Now, it came about that while the multitude were pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, this is Jesus, which was Simon's boat, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the multitudes from his boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But at your bidding, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. 
and they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Uh, Just a few things to think about from these verses. First of all, the disciples were taking care of their nets. So I think Peter and his brother were hard and dedicated workers, and they took care of their property. He also had partners, according to that verse, and they were some of the other disciples that Jesus selected. Uh, They knew how to work with others. Peter also recognized he was a sinful man in this very early story, and and so he recognized who he was. He knew he was not a good man. He was a sinful man, and I think that Jesus probably liked that about him. Uh, Peter heard Jesus teach in that story about the boat that Jesus kind of took over his boat to teach the multitudes. And uh, and then he was willing to follow Jesus and leave everything behind. Just a question for our listeners. Would you leave everything behind if the Lord called you to be his servant and to serve him? It's not an easy thing for people to do. A lot of times I'm interviewing people that have had those kind of experiences. There's another story from the Bible about Peter, and I like it. I thought a little bit about that this week as I put this together. And it's when Peter actually walks on water. And when the disciples saw him, referring to Jesus, walking on the sea, they were frightened, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? That's from Matthew 14. A few things to think about. I think it's interesting. Uh, First of all, it kind of shows Peter's impetuous nature that he would see Jesus walking on the water and say, Hey, Jesus, tell me I can do that. And he asked, and Jesus said, Come on out. And according to that verse, he was actually walking on the water as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus and saw the water and the waves, he, got, he became afraid. So we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, just like Peter learned how to do. What amazing things have you done when you kept your eyes on Jesus? How have you gotten into trouble when you take your eyes off of him? We all have those times where we take our eyes off of Jesus. And uh, just like Peter, um, we sometimes are very passionate and want to do things that seem extraordinary. And sometimes God can help us do those things. Uh, Just as I thought about Peter, I thought about his courage and his conviction. He was bold and passionate and committed 
but sometimes he didn't think before he acted. Peter confesses Jesus is the Messiah, and um, this is in several verses in the Gospels, Matthew 16 and Luke 9. Um, And uh, in Luke 9, he says, and he said to them, and again, the he is capitalized and always means Jesus, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, the Christ of God. In another verse, Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God from Matthew. So Peter certainly had faith in Christ, but he didn't always do what was right. Sometimes he failed. Sometimes he sinned. Sometimes he was just so passionate, but maybe his passion led him into trouble. Uh, Jesus took Peter with him to the Mount of Transfiguration, and uh, there are a lot of verses about that. I just have a couple down And six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and brought them up to a high mountain by themselves. Just as a side note, did you note how many brothers Jesus selected as his disciples? It wasn't just Andrew and Peter, but James and John. Uh, So siblings became uh, his disciples. And in Mark and Luke, it says, and he was transfigured before them and his garment became radiant and exceedingly white, as no launderer on earth can ever whiten them. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he didn't really know what to answer. They were so terrified. Another verse talks about the disciples falling asleep. After each of the verses above, it says that God spoke to them and said, this is my son, listen to him. And in another verse related to the story of the transfiguration, it talks about Jesus speaking with Moses and Elijah. Uh, All of the verses uh, mention Moses and Elijah. And um, so this is why Peter says, you know, I'll make I'll make a tabernacle for each of you, uh, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. But uh, I think God the Father is telling us through these words that we are to listen to His Son. Um, there are stories about Moses and Elijah in the Old Testament, but now today we listen to His Son. And uh, he wants us to listen to God's word. Uh, I also question how they knew Jesus was speaking with Moses and Elijah. There were no photos back then. How did they know what Moses and Elijah looked like? I think Jesus called them by name because Jesus uh, had, uh, prior to his incarnation, uh, was in heaven and would have known what they looked like. I also looked up another verse. There is a verse, a couple verses in the Bible that talk about God being the God of the living and not of the dead, Luke 20, 38, and Mark 12, 27. So I think Moses and Elijah uh, were in heaven, and Jesus did know them. Uh, And I guess he had to have called them by name, either that or he introduced them to them. We don't know the whole story. But I I think it's an interesting story. And uh, again, Peter kind of went outside of the box as he said, I'll make a tabernacle for you and for Elijah and Moses. He wanted to stay there. He didn't want to leave. It was a great place. But Jesus had more work to do. So um, 
as we think about that, uh, I want to just kind of move through the story. Of course, we don't have time to go into all the details of everything that the Bible says about Jesus or Peter. But um, at the Last Supper, uh, Jesus uh, did a lot of things at the Last Supper. But one of the things he did is that he wanted to wash the disciples' feet. And here uh, it says, And he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I'm, I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Now think about that. Simon Peter, a leader, didn't want his feet washed. But then when Jesus told him, if, if I don't wash you, you have no part in me, he quickly changed his mind. And I think leaders are willing to change their mind when confronted with the truth. There are many stories in God's word about that. Have you ever changed your mind when God or God's word made something clear to you? Uh, I think a lot of times today people don't really know what God's word says. And uh, we need to know, we need to be willing to uh, change our mind when it's God's word. So then there's a story in the Garden of Gethsemane where Peter cuts off the ear of a high priest slave trying to stop the arrest of Jesus. Again, impulsive Peter, even toward the end of Jesus' life on earth. And it's from John 18. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was arrested. Judas had betrayed him. The Roman cohort and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees came with lanterns and torches and weapons. Peter asked them, who do you seek? They answered, Jesus of Nazarene. He said, I am he. When he said this, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again, he asked, whom do you seek? They said, Jesus of Nazarene. Jesus said, I told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go, that the word might be fulfilled, which he spoke of those whom you have given me, I lost not one. Simon Peter, therefore, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's slave's ear and cut off his right ear. And the slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, put the sword into the case, the cup which the father has given me, shall I not drink it? Now, um, it's interesting. That's, that's what's shared in the Gospel of John. And I had to go looking. I know that Jesus healed that ear, but it wasn't in John. It was in Luke twenty two fifty one, And it says, and Jesus answered and said, stop, no more of this. And he touched the slave's ear and healed him. The last healing of Christ before his crucifixion was the slave's ear that Simon Peter had cut off, trying to protect Jesus. He was trying to do the right thing. It just wasn't what Jesus wanted. Now, I wonder what some people would say about Jesus' words. Put the sword away. That's not the way it's going to be. So even now, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter is impulsive and didn't really think before he acted. Um, another question about that verse, which we don't have time to go into, is why did the uh, Roman soldiers and the um, Pharisees fall back when Jesus said, I am he? A very fascinating uh, area to talk about. 
Um, we won't have time to go into that today, but I, I give you that for some research to think about. So um, in uh, John 13, Peter tells Jesus he would die for him. Uh, then Peter tells, I'm sorry, then Jesus tells Peter that he will deny him three times. This was a prediction that was to come true. Peter didn't believe it, but it did happen. Now, I didn't put all the verses down, but I just uh, put uh, a, a one here. Now, Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. This was after Jesus was arrested. They said, therefore, to Peter, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, being a relative of the one whose ear Peter cut off, said, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter denied it again, and this was his third time of denying it, and immediately a cock crowed. So um, quickly going through, I didn't write all the verses down, but we know that from there Jesus was tried and um, and eventually uh, suffered and died on the cross for our sins, thankfully. That was why he did this. And um, then he was buried. And three days later, as he predicted, he rose from the dead. And uh, at that point, Mary comes to the tomb and sees the stone is rolled away. And then she runs to tell the apostles. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. And so she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple who, whom Jesus loved, and that was the Apostle John. That's always how he's referred to, the, the disciple that Jesus loved. I don't know why, but that is always referring to John. And she said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and the other disciple, and they were going to the tomb, and the two were running together, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And stooping and looking in, that was the apostle John, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Simon Peter, therefore, also came following him and entered the tomb, bold Peter. He wasn't afraid to just go right in, and he beheld the linen wrappings laying there. Things to think about again. Here it was, Peter, bold Peter, just went right in the tomb, even though John was looking in, probably a little afraid, not really sure what was happening. Uh, and I, I also thought it was interesting. I always envision Peter as a big man. I don't know about John, but for some reason, I think Peter is a big man. And John beat him running, but Peter came up right behind. And uh, as they came to the tomb, it says that they believed. And we know he is risen. He is risen indeed. So um, Peter was bold. And he wasn't afraid. And those are good traits for leaders. Jesus knew what he was doing when he selected Peter. It took Peter some time, but uh, he did become one of the great leaders of the church. And uh, as we get a little farther in here, as we get into Acts, we don't see Peter doing any of the crazy things anymore. He, he just had become the leader that God wanted him to be. But at this point, he had still denied Christ three times. And... Um, 
the disciples see Jesus during the 40 days and nights that he was on earth after the resurrection. We have a resurrection quiz that we've done several times on the program. We'd be happy to send that to you. Lots of other verses about the people that saw Jesus after the resurrection in his glorified body. Uh, I don't have all of that here today, but we would be happy to share that. But the disciples did see Jesus numerous times. And this last story, it's another story very similar to that early story, the first time uh, Peter took Jesus on the boat. And and just note the, uh, the, the similarities between the story. Uh, there were together Simon Peter, this is after the resurrection of Christ, Jesus is not with them. There were together Simon Peter, Thomas, and Nathaniel, and the, the, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of the disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, well, we will also come with you. Here it is, his leader and his followers. Peter decides to go fishing, and everybody decides to go with him. They went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the beach. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, do you not have any fish? They answered, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find a catch. They cast, therefore, and then they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. That disciple therefore, whom Jesus loved, again, that's John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. And so when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment and threw himself into the sea and then um, went to the beach. Now, again, that's kind of the impetuous Peter. Everybody else went back in the boat, but Peter swam to shore, I assume. It doesn't say he swam, but he threw himself into the sea. Uh, and and uh, wanted to see Jesus again, probably was excited to see the resurrected Christ again. Um, so when they got to shore, um, uh, they had breakfast, but um, uh, Jesus has this conversation with Peter, and I want to just read through it and, and talk a little bit about it. But I want you to note again the similarity between the earlier story, the first time they went on the boat with Jesus, and catching the fish on the throw your nets on the opposite side. And this last story, I question whether Jesus wanted Peter to go fishing. He had already told him, you will be fishers of men, and from now on you will be catching men. Not that there's anything wrong with going fishing. And I don't know that for sure. A lot of times people believe this last part of the story where Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? Is, is kind of a forgiveness process for him um, because he had denied Jesus three times. Um, and, and that could be, but here is what it shares. When they were done fishing, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, tend of my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Peter, um, son of John, I'm sorry. Do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, shepherd, my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to Peter, tend my sheep and follow me. So um, did Jesus want Peter to lead a fishing trip? I'm not sure about that. Or did he want Peter to lead his church? I know he wanted that. 
and tend and shepherd his sheep. And Christians are, are referred to as sheep. And if they are lambs, they would just be baby lambs that don't know much about God. So we are often referred to as uh, sheep in God's word. We are his sheep. So again, I want to go back to those original words from that first story about the boat that Jesus said to Simon, do not fear from now on, you will be catching men. And when, and then they brought their boats to land and they left everything and followed him. So from then on in the book of Acts, after the Holy Spirit comes, um, you don't really see Peter doing crazy things anymore. He has become the leader that God desired him to be. He has been molded into a great leader who speaks up boldly. Uh, Often it says he raised his voice. I encourage our listeners to read the the Acts 2, the whole chapter, um, and note how many times Peter speaks up for the other disciples He shows his leadership skills and is often the spokesperson. And and here's just one of the verses I love about that chapter. He says, repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. So then those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls, and they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. What a great way to close the program. Remember, at one point there were 120 in the upper room, and then now with the Holy Spirit's power, there are 3,000 of them. And those disciples turned the world upside down for Christ. I want to mention again that this is Family Shield, and um, if you'd like to get a book, Live the Six, which is our book for the week, you can call our response center, 877-250-8416. You can learn more about us on our website, www.familyshieldministries.com. Again, this is Kay Meyer, and we're so thankful you've been listening, and uh, we hope you uh, join us again next time. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield Ministries has a vision, working in partnership with the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and other gospel-oriented Christian organizations, Family Shield seeks to impact the world for Christ and transform lives in time for eternity. Family Shield Ministries also has a mission, to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel, to know Christ, grow in His Word, and strengthen individuals and their families. But along with all this, Family Shield also has a need a need for partnership and support from caring Christians to help with the vision and mission of family ministry. How can you help? Your donation of any size can be made securely through PayPal at FamilyShieldMinistries.com. 
you'll find the Click to Give tab about midway down the page. Your financial support and your prayers help keep Family Shield on the air and ministering to families through the power of Jesus Christ. FamilyShieldMinistries.com